You know a lot about golf. Well, we're waiting. Hey, we are those weekend golf guys, and we've got about an hour together to talk about golf and get you uh, get you right, get you fixed, get you playing better golf, lower scores, all that good stuff. I am John Ashton in studio, intrepid producer Mark Hunter with me here up at the golf cave at Otter Creek, Mr. Jeff Smith, and from English Turn Golf and Country Club in New Orleans, Louisiana, I have a special guest, Brian Manzella, who's going to be joining us, who is one of those double-digit best teachers in the country. Out of all the lists that are out there, he's uh, he's always at the top, uh, certainly the top half of those lists. So, somebody else to listen to to get better. We guarantee it. Stick with us. We'll be right back. And thanks for hanging. We are those weekend golf guys. I'm John Ashton in the studio. Jeff Smith is at the Golf Cave in Otter Creek. Intrepid producer Mark Hunter behind the glass. And live from uh, golf course, I forgot to ask. English Turn. English Turn in New Orleans, Louisiana. Mr. Brian Manzella, who is uh, recognized by the people who keep kinds of lists, is way up there like in the, in the double-digit top list of golf instructors in the world. Or the country. But he's still number one with us, Brian Manzella. Thanks for joining us here on this weekend, Golf Guys. How are you, sir? I'm doing good. It's uh, it's pretty warm down here in the south, but uh, I'm sure that y'all are warm up there, too. And uh, looking forward to uh, hanging with y'all for a little bit on the show. It's always a lot of fun. It is a lot of fun. We make it a lot of fun because golf is a lot of fun, and we try to reflect that. It's even fun for you guys who, like, work for a living in golf, isn't it? Yeah. Even if we're out there cooking in our own stew and it's on, you know, on the range, uh-huh. you know, it gets a little warm. You know, yesterday was pretty cooker up here, uh, even though Indiana, even, hey, I was even teaching during the eclipse. Wow. That was fun. What a trooper. That, that was a good one. <laughs> um, you know, we, we walked outside, put the glasses on, looked up and went, hey, wow, that's pretty cool. Let's get back to hitting some shots. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. you know, so I had a lot of fun there, but it was, it was a warm one. I'm sure, Brian, you were roasting your face off down there, too. It, um, it never ceases to amaze me that, you know, people don't really prepare to be out there in the heat and don't have like, you know, a wider brim hat or some really super duper comfortable, cool clothes. But it, it, it's one of those things where there's some advantages to the heat because one thing is you're going to make about three swings, you'll be warmed up. So, that's right. <laughs> you don't yeah, have to know. hit a bucket of ball. That's right. You know this. It's also a weight loss program for those of us standing on a driving range for a long time. <laughs> it's, it's really funny, man. I've got a guy who I, I play with on a regular basis, and he refuses to wear shorts on a golf course. He just doesn't think it looks good. And he's always got a T-shirt on and a golf shirt. So I was driving home, and my grandson called me, and he said, what have you been doing, Papa? And I said, well, I've been playing golf with Kevin. And he said, it was, it was over 90 degrees today. Did you get real hot? And I said, yeah. He said, was Kevin wearing long pants? <laughs> I said, yeah. He yeah. said, two shirts? I said, yeah. He says, why does he do that? <laughs> I mean, the kid's 13. <laughs> yeah. You know, that's one of the things in our industry. We got guys that, that'll wear shorts, and we got guys who won't wear shorts. And, 
you know, we got to kind of think of health before, uh, you know, the professional appearance. Um, you know, sometimes I'll wear some shorts if it gets if it gets pretty warm out. The trouble that I have on days like that is that, you know, my legs aren't all that attractive. And, you know, <laughs> and, and that that's a difficult thing because they, they don't really see the light of day very often. So, you know, Brian, do you have that issue down there where you uh, where you're, you're you're willing to throw the shorts on? Yeah, you, you know that? the the modern the modern golf slacks, right? I, I, you know, now yeah. that I've, I've I've lost forty five pounds and I'm not trying to hide behind my clothes, <laughs> I, I have some of these modern golf pants, and they're surprisingly cool. And I was watching, you know, the PGA, you know, the 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 uh, practice rounds where they let the guys wear shorts. And to be yeah. honest with you, it didn't look very good. Then I saw Brooks Kepka in shorts, and I went. That looks pretty good. So, <laughs> it's, one the, it's one of those deals where it depends yeah. on what you, you know what I'm saying? I mean, there, there a, lot of, a lot of girls you'd like to see in a bikini, and then some. Just, all of a sudden, you got the wrong idea. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I look better in the slacks. Let me put yeah, I found out that microfiber is a good thing, and it keeps people from putting on their sunglasses when they're near me on the range when it's cloudy. Yeah, I gotcha. Well, when I, when I got up to the beach on vacation and, uh, cause I, I play golf in shorts and, you know, just ankle socks. We, we don't, John, I'm not sure that our radio listeners can handle the imagery that you're about to throw <laughs> here's, out. Here's an image you need is dark brown legs from knee to ankle. And then stark white top of your feet. I knew it. <laughs> I knew it. You're going to break that out. And, and someone actually looked at me and said, you play a lot of golf, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> did you yeah. just bury him in the sand? I did. <laughs> yeah. I did. Yeah. 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 That's a good idea. That's it. You'd have some, top, you'd have, you'd have some red, red lobster toes right there, I'll bet you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, talking about getting out on the range and warming up and stuff like that, um, when we come back in um, after for the next segment, I'd like to talk to both you guys about something I read um, about the the psychology or the the way the brain works and the way the brain works is really not compatible with the way most of us have been taught to warm up to play golf. Yeah. Yep. Very and, true. And uh, sounds sounds fun. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I thought we might uh, give that a little thing. Talk about uh, some balance. Do some quick fixes for the stuff that you guys run into most often that most of us amateurs uh, fumble around with. Because, um, you know, we, we had, um, was it Rick Marcy? who yeah. made the statement about a month ago on this show that there's no reason why anybody should not be able to shoot at least in the mid-80s when playing golf. And I we're, get it. We're going to. I believe, I believe that. I believe that. And I mean, I within I within, within some physical, you know, you got to, you know, some right. people have. Oh yeah, sure, yeah. sure. But yes, why not? But most people are just stubborn. You know, I we gave a free membership to my brother-in-law to five dollar golf club because he whined about it so much. Like five bucks is going to break him. Do you think he'd watch? <laughs> no, he won't watch. <laughs> He won't even I got a go. Bunch of good videos on that thing. Are you kidding me? We got videos up the yin yang. He'd he'd get ten strokes less by the next round if he just stopped being so stubborn. And so will you. And we'll get uh, into that a little bit later on in the show too. We are those weekend golf guys. And we are going to get you better within the next thirty minutes. Hang out. Be right back. 
we have a small yet loyal following of junior golfers, 12 to 18-year-olds. I want to address myself to them right now. Listen, guys, girls, if you are serious about golf, there is a mom, there is a dad, there's a grandmother, a grandfather somewhere that are so psyched, but maybe they don't show it. They don't want to push, but they would love you to get involved in the game of golf. So why don't you go to them right now? Say, Mom, Dad, Grandpa, Grandma, I want to get better at this game. I want to get good at this game. I want to learn from a guy who has junior champions, high school, collegiate champions. He's even got a student who's kicking butt on the web.com tour. And it only costs five bucks a month. And I can learn at my own pace. And parents are going to be able to learn from their phones, which you know they don't drop out of their hands anyway. $5golfclub.com. Join for your kids' sake. Hello again, John Ashton here in the studio, Jeff Smith at the Golf Cave in Otter Creek, Brian Manzella at English Turn, is that it? Golf and Country Club, yes sir. Golf and Country Club, excuse me very much. Uh, on, the, on the West Bank of New Orleans, Louisiana. New Orleans, Louisiana. Such a hot place to be this time of year, but uh, <laughs> call us back in December and rub it in. We are uh, collectively known as those weekend golf guys, and one of the things that I was reading last week was an article that said it, it was about practicing music. So Mark will probably uh, be able to jump on in here. But it said when you do the same thing over and over and over again, you're really not practicing because your brain just kind of gets into a rut and it just does it almost automatically without thinking. It said the, the best way to practice with music is to change all the time. So that the brain has to reestablish what it needs to know to do what it is you're trying to do. And that way you will remember it better. And then they equated it to golf. And they said the way we've been taught is, you, you know, you bring the bag out, you start with the wedge, you hit like, you know, 10, 15 shots with your wedge. And then you pull out your seven iron and get that down. You're not grooving your swing. You're, you're doing an injustice to yourself where because you don't play golf that way, at least you shouldn't. You shouldn't hit multiple shots with the same iron. <laughs> John, you should write that one down and take that one with you. <laughs> that you should practice the way you play. Hit your first shot with your driver and then pull out a mid-iron and then, you know, get a wedge and just keep rotating through the bag, not in order, and you will actually find that your brain is much better at remembering how to do each thing correct. Does that make sense to you guys? You know, there's a little bit of that. This has been a discussion uh, within the golf professional community for quite some time. You know, the difference between, you know, a chunk of practice, they like to call it block practice, where they get out a big pile of golf balls and hand somebody a seven iron and say, go to town. Mm -hmm. And then they go to the driver, or do, you know, that sort of thing you just described versus uh, a variable practice. Mm -hmm. And where you're, you're describing it, where you're going with different shots to different targets, um, you know, and hopefully off of different lies as well. And so there's been this discussion. And, and I think that a lot of the, the golf professionals that I've talked to have understood that when we're trying to build a specific motion, you know, they tend to head toward that block practice, do the same thing again and again and again. And then when they're a player, they start to get a little bit more variable in their practice in what they're doing. And, and I think that that is kind of taking off uh, in our industry uh, as I talk to other guys. Uh, Brian, what are you seeing and what are you hearing out there? Tour players are doing the same thing they've been doing for 35 years. They, they're dumping the wedges out, 
and they're hitting sand wedge and then they're they're hitting full sand wedge and then they're going to a nine iron and they're going right through the bag. So uh, they're playing about as good as golf as anybody's ever played. So uh, it ain't it ain't hurting them. I think, <laughs> my opinion, I don't think a lot of things is, hurt them. <laughs> well, there's no doubt about it, except teachers sometimes. But uh, <laughs> yeah, that's right. right. But but just just look at it this way. I, I, my opinion, and, and and just my opinion, because it's not based on anything other than experience. But I, I played music my whole life too. I'm a drummer, but I think it has something to do with trying and not trying. If if you tell me right now that I'm gonna play on the air next week, right? I'm gonna, I'm gonna, you're going to have me on a show and I'm going to play a song and I haven't played in six months and I haven't had the sticks in my hand because I just moved the drums into my golf studio. So I'm going to practice all week. I'm going to probably try pretty hard to try to kind of catch up, you know, get, get my licks back to normal. And then, but if you just did that every day for a year, you probably pretty much get bored with it. So I don't know how much that's really like making me better. And I think that's what happens if people just get out of the driving range and they just start beating balls and there's no specific reason other than basically they think they're supposed to. The mm. difference is that I think the tour players are trying to be very specific about what they're doing because they're going to go out and play for a living the next, you know, the, that day or the next day. Sure. And that's why I like the TrackMan Combine. I, I'm a TrackMan user and there's a 60 ball test that takes you about 30 minutes to do maybe a little bit more if you you're grinding over every shot and there's these three at 60 yards three at 70 yards three at 80 yards and i'm just so damn competitive and think i can put up a score that no other fat old teacher could beat i'm trying every time to put up this career high score and the quality of the practice with all that effort is way beyond me just dumping 60 balls out. So if you can find, if the listeners can find something, even if it's betting a nickel a ball with the guy next to him, closest to the hole of the pin, if you try when you're practicing, it's better, you know, the, 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 like you're going to try on a golf course. It's a million times better practicing than just sitting up there and just beat balls, so to speak. And then some of us would say, it doesn't really matter what technique you use as long as you're practicing because so few of us actually have the time or the inclination to do that. I think it's more the inclination, because, John, I know you, and you have the time. <laughs> <laughs> you know, here's the thing, Brian. I think that at some point, you're going to switch categories from that old fat teacher to that not-so-fat teacher real quick, because you've been losing some weight, looking really good. Now, all of a sudden, you're going to jump into the category of some more physically fit teachers and start stumping them too. Cause I've seen your track band numbers on the combine. It's pretty strong work. You got there, pro. Especially when, you know, I've been accused of topping balls for 20 minutes at a time. So here's, <laughs> that's impressive here's, too. Cause I mean, if you could top them into those zones where the track band reads it, I mean, I got to hand it to you. That takes a specific talent to top a ball that really well into the track. Yeah, band but, <laughs> The first thing you got to do is you got to get downwind off the Empire State Building. You got to fly. <laughs> <laughs> so let, let me let me just say this about about people listening and, and and practice. If you just practiced the, the golf course you're going to play, that wouldn't help you either if you didn't try. So all I'm saying is that to kind of wrap up the practice thing is just try find a way to try a little harder when you're practicing. And, uh, uh, you know, and, and, you know, to be honest with you, you know, you could probably, most of you listening, you know, n nothing personal. 
I lost 45 pounds. If I can do it, y'all can do it too. <laughs> you know, he's talking to me. He see that, John? You know how I yeah. sometimes tell you things and talk to you a little bit in general? He's uh-huh. talking to me. He sees me drinking the Coke. Uh-huh. He sees what's going on. Yeah, but he has sees- he called you portly in the last two weeks? No, he has not. I haven't <laughs> been on the phone with him much in the last two weeks <laughs> <Okay>. about that. <laughs> so, Brian, but, he know, called me portly things- twice in the last two weeks. <laughs> I can do it a third time if you want to. <laughs> but, very nice. You know, but you know, it, you know, Brian, as as we're here, we're heard all over the country, and and everybody hears your voice all the way from say Charlotte to Louisville area, all the way through South Texas, even and out to Las Vegas, where we where we get to hear this. I am fantastic. I'm I'm so happy to have you on the show, uh, talking a little bit uh, about golf instruction. As as you know, some of the best golf instruction comes out of New Orleans, Louisiana, and uh, thanks to you. Uh, you spread a lot of good word around there. You've taught an awful lot of teachers a lot of good things. I just thought I'd throw that out there. Appreciate it. Appreciate that. Yeah, and that's and that's just because he said all that so we don't have to send you money for this, Brian. Absolutely. <laughs> what, 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 what scale for a show like this? <laughs> <laughs> we'll pay you three times what we pay Jeff. Right. <laughs> Yes, we're, we're going to throw out some specific situations, and we are going to get a couple of the best darn golf instructors in the world that we happen to have on the air with us right now. Tell you how to do it right when we come right back. We're all those weekend golf guys. Hang with us. I got an email just the other day. Guy said, John, how much does it cost to join $5 Golf Club? Yeah, that's what I said, too. $5, hence the name, $5 Golf Club. All right? It's not just $5 to get in, and then we hit you with more. No, $5 this month, next month, and every month that you feel you need to become a member and stay a member to get to where you want to be in your golf game. Whether you want to break 100, break 90, break 80, break 70, whatever your number is, Jeff Smith has the videos there now and new videos coming every week that will help you accomplish that goal. Okay, $5golfclub.com. Use the number $5golfclub.com. That's all it costs, $5 a month. Phenomenal golf instruction at a ridiculously low price. That's us, $5golfclub.com. Back again, going to do it some more. John Ashton in studio, Jeff Smith from the Golf Cave in Otter Creek. Special guest on the line from New Orleans, Louisiana. Uh, Mr. Brian Manzella, of course, interpret producer Mark behind the glass and if you were listening to our local show last Sunday, I had mentioned to Jeff that uh, I f- almost broke 80. I shot an 81. And in shooting that 81, I managed to hit a grand total of three, count them, three fairways off the tee. You John, know, John, John, I got I to gotta cut you off. Why? Just remind the audience that you actually did play all 18 holes. <laughs> I did play all 18 holes, all right, yes. Good. All right. I was right. You gotta, hey, if you're going to frame the story, frame it correctly. I, I was, as, as they say in the golf world, I was, I was scrambling my butt off. <laughs> um, you know, and I was putting the lights out, and my short game was, like, spot on. Thank goodness. Someday, I've got this, this fantasy that someday all aspects of my game are going to work correctly simultaneously. And I am going to shoot in the 70s. And then you will fall and die of a heart attack on the 18th green. At least I will have accomplished 
You know what I'm saying? <laughs> That's right. But you heard what I was doing off the tee, and I told you that most of my shots were going to the right or to the left. Anywhere there wasn't short grass, that's where my ball was going. <laughs> I could not predict where it would go. I thought I was swinging the same way each time, but alas, the shot looked different each time. And you had mentioned that maybe it was my balance. I have seen you swing. Mm-hmm. I have seen your setup. Mm-hmm. And I understand your habits. Mm-hmm. So That's scary. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Not, I mean, it's not necessarily for the listening audience, but for the viewing <laughs> audience of people who play with you, mm-hmm. there's some scary stuff. <laughs> anyway, uh, but, since, but since I knew that, I had a hunch at what your, what your habits are and your, and your pattern is. Mm-hmm. And so I mentioned to you about setting up a little bit more in balance, um, getting your weight a little bit, say, underneath you a, a tad bit where you felt a little bit of pressure on the balls of your feet and the heels at the same time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you were probably not set up well. Uh, probably might have been reaching out for it just a little bit farther. And I know your golf swing, and when you tend to do that, you're getting out toward your toes Next thing you know, that club could be going just darn near any place. And it was. So uh-huh. it was. Yeah. And what happened after we talked about that? Uh, I missed one fairway. And, and that was, I, I hit the fairway, but the ball was spinning and it, it bounced into the rough. Nice work. Rolled into the rough, actually. And also, so in, in, about- in my defense, the, the, uh, the entire fairway was also, you know, slanted that way. Yeah. So Imagine. Well. You know, as we talk about these these fixes, teachers, you know, a lot of times, Brian's very well aware of this, after countless hours on the line like I have, we see people and we pick the biggest thing that can help them overall, and a lot of times we do it first. Yeah. Because we see what is the, in, in the, in the diagnostic phase, which doesn't take Brian but half a second, me about half a second, three quarters of a second, to say, what's the thing that this person needs the most right now that they can do? And we go right to it. And, and I know Brian's style very well. He uses English. Yeah. He's got a little bit of an accent to it because he's Italian, he's from New Orleans, but you know, it's kind of yeah. how that works. Yeah. Right? You, know, you can understand a New Orleans thing. I watch NCIS. Yeah, but- I can handle it. <laughs> But the whole hey, point hey, is, butchered, hey, butchered language. <laughs> I like that show. Look, I'm, I'm friends with one of the stars. It's just no big deal. <laughs> you're either you're either from New Orleans or you're trying to sound like you're from New Orleans, right? Not- yeah, it's the same thing. That yeah. Cliff Clavin's New England accent was the worst New England accent ever on Cheers. Worst ever. But he was trying. He was. He was. But Brian, what Jeff told me to do was to basically spread my feet a little wider apart. And uh, get the the center of gravity because I was I'd, I'd swing and I'd kind of fall backwards a little bit. Any anything that you you want to add that might even help, or or is he just you can if if you can have a buddy help you, this is a real good simple thing that people can do. Uh, if they set up, it doesn't matter what club. If, you know, if they're a golfer, they they know they're going to set up with a narrower stance with a wedge and the driver. If not, then then we have another issue. Right? <laughs> <laughs> but, but let's say in your case, let's say in your case, it's it's, it's a driver and and you, you you get set up and so okay, I get, but you're going to do all of this without a club in your hand. You're going to do it, and you're going to like just you know kind of overlap or interlock or what you do, whatever you do with no club and just kind of set up and get comfortable and feel athletic whatever that means right just means mm-hmm. like you, you're 
not getting ready to get pushed over by a feather. And then, and then put, your, put your hands exactly where you think that that would be it. And then have somebody hand you a golf club and have your hands in exactly that spot. And then that person will then tee the ball up where the club is. It will be drastically different than what most people do. It will be way closer to it. Most tour players don't look like a, a small child could walk between the butt of the club and their zipper at a dress. But yeah. I'm telling you, at the <laughs> off the first tee at Pebble Beach, the 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 uh, the, uh, the nice people who like cameras. Uh, from overseas that are taking pictures of everybody teeing off. It's amazing how much further Mr. Fabersham stands from the ball than Justin Thomas. So <laughs> that, that would be one thing. The second thing is if you don't really know how to do what Jeff suggested with the balls of your feet and the heels of your feet, which is a, a, absolutely great advice, just, and you can do this with your own club in your hand, just jump like, you know, just like most white guys around two inches off the ground. <laughs> and then God, when you land... When you land, you're going to land that way. And you go, okay, well, here's the spot that, 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 that uh, Jeff Smith uh, was going to you know, try, to, try to get me to do. And, and, and you get a little bit different feel than what people do when they just sort of build this stance around the ball and reach out for it like, I don't know what it looks like they're doing, but doesn't look like, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. prime. So that, that's, that's one thing. The other thing is, if you can make a practice swing inside your golf ball, like so you wherever you got a driver, the ball's on the tee, you got a iron ball on the ground mostly, set up normally and then make a practice swing and try to brush the grass or the driver just swish the air. Where you would want to contact the ground or the air in completely on your side of the ball, a couple things are going to happen. One, you're going to have to learn to kind of not fall over, right? Like, mm -hmm. like you would. A and B, you might find out. Well, shoot, I never make a divot that pretty when I'm because well, it's closer to you. So <laughs> most people are too. Most people have the ball too far back and they're too far from it, and they don't have that stance Jeff was talking about. But a couple of those things might help. Couldn't hurt. Couldn't hurt. Yeah, definitely. You so, know, a lot of times, John, yeah. in in your foot width, there's there's something that you could check. If you just dangled your arms down, and you found that the arms hanging straight down naturally, a good spot, if you could look down and see if the inside edges of your feet are close by, you're not far off. Okay. You're not far off. When Brian mentioned trying to hop, I know that's going to be a hard one for you. <laughs> <laughs> I can get two inches so, off the ground. Are you trying to kid, man? Well, Come on. I, you know, I know, but that's if you're stepping off a step. <laughs> so, I, you know, I want to make sure that, that you can check that and kind of get about the right distance. And, and it's just kind of a thereabouts, but that's a, a pretty good starting place. And you mm -hmm. might have to wiggle a little bit one way or a little bit the other way. But, you know, if you kind of dangled your arms down and kind of look where your index fingers point, and if, and if your inside edges of your feet are kind of about where those armpits are, you're not far off. You're not far off. So if, like Brian said, though, if you were, if you're able to do a practice swing inside the ball, then yeah. you should probably just move up a little bit, right? Keep I think he was pretty clear about that. As far as the width of a driver stance, what you could do is if you, if you imagine like getting behind a car and, or a golf cart, you know, stuck, mm -hmm. and you're going to try to give it a push. You can practice that, you know, the listeners, once they get out of their car, if they're driving, right? They, can, <laughs> they don't want to push on the dashboard now going down, uh, going down 70, 
71 or 65. <laughs> but but uh, it, 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 that'll be about as wide as a driver's stance. If you just tried to push, you know, your up against your countertop in your kitchen or okay. push the wall in your garage, something like that. That's that's driver with stance. And and people all the time for 35 years in a lesson, they come out, take a lesson, having trouble with their driver and they're set up like, you know, a seven iron stance. And mm-hmm. it just makes it real tough because just think about it like this. The tripod, right? The way they if 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 you go wide with one leg, the other two legs go wide too. So right. you've got this driver that now these nowadays they're forty five inches long. If you got a little narrow stance, you look like a broken tripod. You know, <laughs> you're chipping, and if you're chipping and the ball's real close to you, then when you can have your feet closer together, it's 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 common sense. But maybe just saying that out loud here in the air might have some people think about it and help them out a little bit. Yeah, well, I mean, how many of us golfers actually use common sense when we get there? No, we try to do what we think we saw somebody who's real good do because we refuse to take a lesson or to yeah, practice. John, those people that are real good, they don't stand real far from the butt of their club. No, they, they do really not. don't. They do no. not. Like Brian said, it's not like there's a small child being able to walk in between your That's zipper right. your club and the or zipper in your pants and the butt of your club. It isn't gonna That's happen. It. So so you're not gonna see good players doing that. So next time you go to the golf course, bring a small child with you and use it to, <laughs> uh, to measure. We got more stuff coming up and we're coming right back. Don't move. You checked out our Facebook page yet? It's Facebook.com slash golf guys. Go there and like us. Please. We need the affirmation. A lot of us are looking for a miracle. You know, we go out and we buy a $500 golf club thinking it's going to give us straighter, longer drives. We buy a $150 golf club thinking it's going to get us out of the sand traps more easily and more often. We buy $200 golf clubs just because we want to get closer to that pin. Well, you know, you don't need a $500 golf club of $200 golf club, $150 golf club. All you need is a $5 golf club because the problem may not be the club. It may be your grip. It may be your stance. It may be your ball position. It may be your swing plane. It could be anything that an expensive golf club is not going to fix, but a $5 golf club can fix because Jeff Smith is a genius and he will be able to guide you where you need to go. Check it out. $5golfclub.com. That's all it costs. Five bucks a month. And the good news is we still have more time together. Those weekend golf guys, John Ashton in studio, Jeff Smith at the Golf Cave at Otter Creek. From English Turn Golf and Country Club in New Orleans, Louisiana, Mr. Brian Manzella, and of course, intrepid producer Mark Hunter. Uh, on the other side of the glass, that is the entire group. Uh, Brian, uh, Jeff and I have uh, coined a phrase. Maybe you can start helping us with it because we want it to catch on. You know, we've added to all the little uh, alphabet soup of the golf business, PDQ. Mm-hmm. Potential hmm. disaster quotient. Because like most of us amateurs, we kind of lose all of that common sense you alluded to in the last segment. When we, especially when we get into a position where we've hit our shot in a uh, less than stellar landing zone, and our choices are pretty bad, and we're looking, you know, we're in the woods and we're looking at this four foot wide window with a five foot high ceiling of branches, and we say to ourselves, Oh, I can get through there. Mm-hmm. And six shots later, when we finally find the ball again, 
we decide we're just going to kick it out with a foot wedge and start over again from the fairway. Other than just beating guys with wet noodles until they start thinking correctly, what, what kind of stuff can you do to try to get amateur golfers to not try to be superheroes and understand that there are shots that they just don't have a prayer of ever making? Well, the people that get paid for this, right, uh, they, they access this stat now that you people uh, have heard and, and uh, obviously the listeners that, that, that follow golf, strokes gained, right? Basically, yep. it's just saying, what, what is a tour player in this field liable to do from this distance, take them two and a half shots, okay, whatever it is. So, you know, if you have this particular, let's say, bunch of trees, you hit it in, yeah. <laughs> right? Go there one afternoon when there's not anybody on a golf course and take, let's say, just five balls and play all five balls out a couple of different ways. Randomly, you know, just go for broke, Arnold Palmer a couple times, uh, you'll wind up more like um, – uh, Jason Day did, you know, <laughs> the, uh, PGA, making a making a double, you know, a snowman. But here, here's the thing: it, if you hit it in the trees or in a upper lip of a fairway bunker or something like that, if you just think about it, if you can just get back to that middle of that fairway, that's one shot. There's no way over a year, a month, or even the rest of the round that if you have more than two or three of these really difficult shots to pull off that you wouldn't be just better off playing safe. Now yeah. it's not in my nature and uh, <laughs> match play. If you, if you don't have to, you know, uh, uh, worry about just losing one hole because the guy's already in the middle of the fairway and just knocked the seven, nine, three inches from the hole and you're in the trees. Well, what the heck? <laughs> but, you know, that, but I, I, I defy you to do that. You know, Phil, Phil Mickelson uh, always chipped with just one club. You know, all short game shots. And then when he worked with Dave Pels, Dave Pels got a shot. And it's a little different, but it's the same thought, right? Is a long, long, long way from the from the hole, but close to the green, right? And and he said, Phil, what would you do for me? I'd take my six-degree wedge and fly it back there and stop it. Okay, well, here's what we're going to do. We're going to play with ten balls. And Mickelson did ten balls, and he probably got eight of them up and down, which probably really good from 80 feet away. And, Mick and uh, Pels chipped with a seven iron and his spot that he had to land it to try to get it close was about three foot in front of him. And he beat Phil's Han over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. So no matter how many times Phil backed one into the hole, Dave Pell's got nine out of 10 up and down from this spot. Mm -hmm. And then Nicholson started doing it too. So it's just one of those things you have to look at it unless you're playing just one round and that's it. You have to look at it over a long you know, not, not just one round, but a couple of rounds or getting your handicap down. That's 20 rounds that the USGA looks at. And you and you start thinking of it that way. You don't just panic and say, well, I'm, I'm even par after five and I just hit it in the trees. I'm going for it. Yeah, you're gonna 12, you know, and then. You get, you're gonna wind up in the in emergency room because the ball's gonna come back and hit you. <laughs> I've actually had that happen once, and and instead of my best friend looking at me and saying, "Are you okay?" they said, "I thought that was a ridiculous." Thing. <laughs> <laughs> but don't be ridiculous. You know, a lot of the a lot of the people that I work with, John, they come to me, and we get to the golf course, and we start talking about decisions, and and I just look at them and I go. At what point do you care about your score? Because we've been working on things, working on hitting better golf shots, been working on hitting better putts, been working on hitting better bunker shots, been working at better pitches and all this, and you're about to throw away 
the strokes that we've saved you on one stupid decision after another. Mm-hmm. So why do you play golf this way? And I just ask him, I just look him straight in the eye, why do you play golf this way? Yeah. Where do you want your next ball to be, you know, play from? So I said, look, you're not going to get it in the hole from here. So if I can't knock it in the hole from here, I got two shots. Which two shots do I want? Right. Do right. I want a really, really, really hard shot with a lot of risk just to get an easier one? Or do I want an easy one to get me another easy one? And, you know, I just look at it and just kind of ask him point blank, why are you doing this? Don't you care? You know, a lot of the the high school players that I work with that are trying to get into college, right? Yeah. yeah. I said, let's just think about this. You're in a a, a two-day tournament and it's day two and you've just pounded it in the trees and you shot 78 on the front day, on the first day and you're looking, you're staring down, you know, 72, 73 on this day. That's a nice comeback. College coaches will start paying attention to you until they watch you make this decision right here. Yeah. And then they start walking away because they know you'll do that when you're playing for them. And now they're done. Yeah. Because they can't, they can't fix stupid. Yeah. <laughs> let, me say, let, me, let me interject one thing here to not sound like we're boring. Everybody who's ever been really good at these ridiculous shots that everybody's trying – all say the same thing to tie into what we talked about in another segment. They go out and dump a bunch of balls in the trees and practice yeah. these wild recoveries. So if you're just not a layup person and you want to not throw a bunch of shots away in the trees or up lips or in deep rough or over the green where it, you know, the short side, go practice that shot. At least you'll know what you're capable of. And your chances of pulling it off if you've worked on it probably go up five or six hundred percent. Yeah, well, that's that's good, good advice for all of us. And I, I have one more question for you guys because I don't know if I'm doing this right or wrong. On my iron shots, I hit the green, and my balls basically maybe bounce six inches in any direction from the point where it hits the green, and I have a crater on the green that I have to fix with a, a large flap of turf at the front of the ball, which would tell me that it's spinning backwards very fast when it hit that grass. Am I doing something wrong? By not fixing it? Yeah. No. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> By not getting the ball to move at all when, I, when it hits the green. I mean, am I hitting it too high or too hard or too soft? Or is well, that... let's, just start, let's start with the painfully obvious here, John. Okay. Is the ball near the flag? Or not? Uh, sometimes yes, sometimes no. <laughs> okay. well, there's there there in lies the majority of the answers that we could give you. Okay. Right. Let's say the pin's in the back and your little pitch mark is in the front. I would probably say that you either struck it really well with the lo- the wrong club, <laughs> <laughs> or you just have a bad idea how far you hit these things well, all my, together. Right. My distances are not problems. We're we're talking left or right of the pin. It's it's okay. my aim is suspect at times or maybe just the club delivery or Your maybe just the, yeah it could be yeah. i would suggest that, there, i would suggest that practice bandit, thing john yeah i know i'd suggest go and play band in noons you're not pretty much going to make a ball mark there <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah just don't play a course with soft band greens john come on man <laughs> <laughs> that's right <laughs> that's right well, i'll eliminate that problem but you know people actually uh, uh, don't, don't realize that it, with, with technology like TrackMan now that you go like, you know, 
there's some other competing technologies. They'll they'll tell you the land and angle of of, of your club, the ball coming in, mm-hmm. and it can come down too steeply, and and you don't get any you yeah. know, enough forward momentum. So sometimes it's just a little club fitting and ball issue. But uh, yeah. uh, I, I'm with Jeff. Uh, as long as it's close to the hole, they can make a crater. And yeah. Six, as long as you fix it, you'll be fine. I'm going to have to break down and actually go to some place and get my clubs fitted to me. Or yeah. get clubs that fit. We talked about that. Me. How many years now? I think four years this radio about, show's been going on. About four years, yeah. I've still been waiting for someone to call and say, hey, John, come do your show from my place and I'll fit you. <laughs> Has yet to happen, but we're working on it. We are working on it. We know a couple of good fitters. Brian's got a couple of them down his way. Yeah. Uh, I know got I know a really good guy out in, uh, out in Long Island. We could do that. Yeah. There's all kinds of places. Yeah. Okay. Well, There's we'll a work. Place on out it. in Phoenix, we could go there. I'm yeah. picking all the fun spots to go play golf. You yeah. figure that one out yet? Get a guy in Vegas and we'll go. I'm there, buddy. Yeah. All right, Brian. I appreciate your time, sir. Always fun to talk to you. And uh, Jeff, thank you again, and thank you for hanging with us here. You can catch us, of course, this same time at this same place every Saturday or whatever day it is you're listening right now. And uh, if you should miss it at your local radio outlet, you can always catch us at thoseweekendgolfguys.com, and we'll tell you where to go. Audioboom.com is where we archive every show we do. And you can uh, check us out online, thoseweekendgolfguys.com. You can follow us on Twitter at WKNDGolfGuys. And give, uh, give a look around, a look-see at $5golfclub.com. Use the number five. We will see you this same time next week right here in the interim. Go play some golf. <laughs>